My name is Bear Siragusa, and you are listening to the Hunting Hound Podcast, presented by W Hunting Supply. All right. We're back with Kevin Murphy in my living room. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, no, it's been uh, last time we had just gotten back from Sweden with Eric and his amazing dogs, fox hunting. And then uh, since then, we've hunted roe deer. Yes. With a beagle, my beagle pup. And we've hunted hare with Bjorn Ivar. Scheidevin is his name. One day with just him and one day with him and his granddaughter, Ilva. And the the dog we were hunting over was, that, that was kind of neat neat deal because it was a, um, a Halden hound. And the Halden hounds are one of the rarest breeds of dog in the world and certainly the, mo- the rarest breed in Norway. And it's a, it's a, it's a, Little hound looks like a cross between a beagle and a treeing walker or something. Yeah, kind of a <clears throat> heavy-duty uh, foxhound yep. type, looking a little bit smaller. Not as leggy as a foxhound, but much more leggy than a, than a beagle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that that was a that was a cool thing because th- that particular dog too. It you know it wasn't just some random individual. That particular dog last year there was twenty five puppies born in total in the world from that breed. And he was the father of 11, <laughs> 11 of those. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. A heritage hound for sure that uh, somewhere or another we need to keep going. Yeah. I'm hoping it sounded like his, uh, his granddaughter was pretty, pretty into it. So I'm hoping she takes over and carries that torch. That would be, that would be fun if she did that. I tried to put a bug in her ear. Um, she's, uh, majoring in wildlife um, biology and wants to, to do that for her career. And, um, I think, uh, if she took, uh, some interest and got involved with that hound that, uh, she could help save him. Mm. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. No, she was, uh, she, that, that was a cool deal, you know, cause she was, really into the hunting, really into the wildlife management aspect of what she was learning. And, and, um, it was a lot of fun to see her get to talk to, to you and kind of get, you know, the, you guys shared some interests despite being from different continents. She was, a you know, you're a guy, she's a girl and you're how old did she say she was 20, 20. Yeah, she was 20. So, but still like, it's amazing to me what, how hunting, especially, you know, just hunting in general, but in this case, small game hunting, um, can connect people. Cause like you guys had, you guys got on like a house on fire pretty much right away. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. She was an interesting person to, to talk to. And, uh, she had been around a few Americans at college mm-hmm. and, um, she asked me if I knew about wool. <clears throat> I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good wool. I said, I grew up with scratchy wool and we didn't wear it. We wore death cloth, cotton, cotton. that was said to be insulated. Yeah. What a, what a, what a sham. <clears throat> I mean, a sham. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, we had some good conversations uh, talking about hunting, mm -hmm. uh, social media, what's going on out there with that, and mm -hmm. uh, try to get her to get if she's going to get involved with it to get some good solid information that people will want to follow you because they're hungry for what you know and her grandfather has got a treasure trove of information in his head from years and years of hunting with the this dog and he started off as a young man he said 10 years old with a dunker hound mm -hmm. i think they had probably one of the best ones in the community that he lived in because he said that during Easter break, they hunted day and night the whole time. And I think they caught seven foxes. That's right. And they didn't have a den interior. So they built a fire, took shifts, digging them out of the ground. Yeah. You know, how much greater can it get to, to, to do that? Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's old school. That That is old school where you, you build a fire and then you move the fire and dig down the ground that you, you know, because Easter, it's, you know, there's still six feet of snow on the ground. So you're digging down to the ground, building a fire, letting the fire thaw the ground a little bit. You move the fire, dig until you hit frozen ground <laughs> and keep digging until you're through that frost layer. That's, I mean, that's old school. That is old school. That's a, that was a cool story. I like that. I like that story a lot, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, and it's funny though, because you know what, when he was talking about that was before the mange epidemic here that killed most of the foxes. So a lot of the Norwegian breeds were dual purpose breeds. They had the ability to hunt hare and foxes and the desire to hunt both. Um, but nowadays, as you know, after though, after the fox, um, population collapsed in the, in the seventies, the, the, the dogs have become very specifically hare dogs because the hare population flourished. Um, so it, it, it can be hard to find one of the Norwegian breeds that is willing to run Fox, but the Halden hound seems to be the one that has actually held on to some of those, um, some of those genes, some of those instincts to want to run, to want to run Fox. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. The dog's name was Glunt. G L U N T, which means boy, apparently in, uh, in, uh, Northern Norway dialect. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was fun. Yeah. He was a very steady hound, mm -hmm. uh, never, uh, got excited, never, uh, slowed down, just steady Freddy out there on the pace. Yep. Uh, his barking might, um, he may be, you know, you could, Tell by his barks um, after talking to Born said, "Okay, you know, I'm thinking, did he is that a loss? Or, and then did he did he recover on the bark? Is he is he got it jumped? And so you could hear in the different different tones. And uh, if you're a dog man, you could get close to figuring out what he was doing. Of course, we had the GPSs too, and we were looking. I think he ran for a total of 22 kilometers." He, in the beginning, he ran the, the uh, uh, mountain hare within mm -hmm. probably, what, nine yards of you, rock, dis rock killing distance, I think is what yeah, you said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I got to see see uh, really my first, uh, I call it a snowshoe-type rabbit, a, a hare, uh, almost solid white. It was probably, I would say, 75%, 80% white. Yep. It was a little bit mottled on the thing. Uh, 
looked like a small roe deer jumping across the road. Yeah. So it would have been a challenge to to shoot shoot that 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 uh, that hare. I was really amazed at the leaps that it made, and it was gone. Yeah. So yeah, it was very very exciting hunt with me. Uh, my rubber book boot stuck to the ground. Bear had to get me a rubber mat. He said, let me show you this trick. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at some pictures last night that he sent me and some pictures that I had. And, you know, I wear those same rubber boots in the summertime. So they're not the best pick. I would look like a pilgrim, I'm sure, <clears throat> when I paraded around with people and they saw me in those uh, Alaskan tennis shoes. So the, the uh, I forgot the name, name them, Tough something. Rough and Tough. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So, but yeah, yeah when I come back, I'll, I'll leave those at the house. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, uh, but I mean, at the same time, you know, it was cold and we started, the ground was solidly, solidly frozen. Um, really, really, especially yesterday or a day before yesterday, because we hunted with Bjorn for two days and day before yesterday, it was, uh, foggy as anything. I mean, you couldn't see more than 50, 60 yards most of the day. Um, and yeah, just cold and raw and miserable. Um, weather-wise but you know we, one of the funny things about hare hunters is you know they'll hear is they'll build fires and we we built two rip-roaring fires and warmed ourselves up there and toasted some sandwiches and yeah it was a it was a good time yeah pulled pulled up a couple of blocks of wood the first day made some seats sat around born had a very interesting uh, piece of equipment it had a backpack with a stool built in yeah. <laughs> and he said, that's what the hare hunters used. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, it was, he had his uh, thermos in there an assortment of, I think coffee and maybe cocoa yeah. and a few snacks and stuff. And mm -hmm. I could see where that would come in very handy. What I have found since I've been to Norway is that hunting is a process mm -hmm. where it's a, um, a lot of social socializing, um, it is not uh, built around how many we can get. Mm -hmm. We just want to try to get one, mm -hmm. get on the scoreboard, watch the dogs run, fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, in my time in my life, I can handle that, no problem. Probably wouldn't have been a good thing if I came over here when I was somewhere between 25 and 50 years old. <laughs> Probably would have had to take a chill pill yeah. to fit in or be out there running with the dogs. Right. So. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed, and it's made me really look into the way that we hunt in the U.S. with my friends, and that some of that needs to be brought back over to us. Which I'm I'm doing some. We 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 socialize, and I use a stool uh, when I hunt. Uh, a lot of people like look at me, but next time we come out, some people have stools with them. Um, we still we have the one one thing over here is the one dog rule that uh, would really be interesting back home if we had to just have one dog in the field mm. um that's uh really really does handicap you i, I do believe mm -hmm. uh as far as puppy training that's really hard i mean that's that's where how to train a young dog if you've got a really good dog or media it doesn't matter dogs just do better in pairs Yep, I, I, I think um, they're made to work in packs. Uh, so the one dog rule is a handicap. Mm -hmm. But then if you've got a really good dog, you can show it off. Right. And um, people that maybe not have so good of dogs, that shows off too. So Oh, it, it becomes real obvious real quick. Yeah, it's, you know, that's what made Eric's dog so 
interesting to watch is that they were they were from you know what would they call it from a, a truck to tree finished dog all four of them and then the terriers were their own thing but they were they they were well well trained as well so you know and, and this this dog we ran uh, yesterday and the day before and glunt um you know you could you could tell he was getting older you know because not didn't have that youthful bounce in his step anymore but that was that was a good dog in his time that was a that was a good dog. I think we could probably say he had the dad body, right? Yeah, the dad <laughs> body. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, a little. The gut was hanging a little lower, maybe, and yeah, no, he was. Uh, but he did a he did a good job, and I could tell he was tired uh, yesterday. But he 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 grounded out, and we had uh, yeah an enjoyable morning. Didn't see anything yesterday. I think he had, did a total of, what sixteen kilometers, probably time he got back to the car yesterday. Yeah, so I think that dog probably did close to thirty. What would that be? It'd be almost forty. Almost 32, forty kilometers. So thirty-eight that would be, kilometers. Yeah, so that would be two days. Yeah, over two days. So he, I mean, he did for an old boy. He did a he did a really good job, I thought. And um, you know, yesterday it was just kind of slow going, uh, slow to start the trail. And once he got the track rolling, he got the impression that the hair was just staying far enough ahead of him that he never was able to get it to warm up a little bit. Um, which, uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun having you here, Kevin. It's, it's, I've really enjoyed, uh, getting out and hunting and especially hearing, you know, your insights and your opinions and, your, uh, you know, get your thoughts on how things are done here and, and come with some perspectives that I know both Eric and I have talked to him since we got back, you know, both of us appreciated that a lot, you know, because you brought, uh, you brought a level of experience, uh, that neither of us have and, and a different perspective and an experienced eye, not just a different perspective, but an experienced eye, which has been uh, a lot of a lot of fun because it's definitely made me look at things a little bit differently and notice some things that you pointed out things that I wouldn't necessarily have noticed in my own dogs which has been uh, which has been fun it's... so I hope uh yeah hope we get you back here at some point oh I'd, I'd love to come back I've got bitten by the bug I just Every morning I wake up and look out the window and I see something new something different I think about something. Uh, been here for what, um, like 11 days in, um, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, 12, 12 days yeah, now. Cause you yeah. got here Wednesday, Wednesday, last Wednesday yeah. and it's now f the following Monday. Monday. Yeah. So, so yeah, time has gone by so fast. I can't believe it. I'm headed back to work here in like an hour. Kevin is pointing his nose down towards Oslo and going to see some of those, uh, I was planning on going to the Viking uh, Ship Museum, but it's closed. That was uh, high on my list to to, uh, to go and see that. Mm. Uh, one thing I've noticed about the individuals here in Norway, everybody is out and about, lean and mean, out on trails, walking in the countryside. It may not even be a park mm. uh, uh, around their house. They're outside doing chores, and I just don't see that uh, back home where I live. I mean, no. uh, there's not people, they're not 
they're not in motion. And uh, uh, the biggest majority of the people here are lean and mean and slim and long, and they're outside. Yep. They are outside doing 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 work chores, enjoying themselves. Uh, it's been a very interesting trip. Uh, I came with a smile on my face. I'm going to leave with a bigger smile on my face. Uh, you're more than welcome to come into the good old USA and spend some time with me. Oh, for and sure. You can critique, critique my dogs. That'd be, that'd be pretty easy for you to do. Uh, Eric's dogs were like the drone of dogs. Uh, remote control, man, just turn them loose, and they go on a mission to find some game. And uh, They were like just, Marines. Uh, yeah. Yes. Just, yes. Uh, and the Den Terriers, I just... Man, if I could take a dog, ever seem like every trip I go on, I want to go take a dog back with me. Yeah. I went out west last uh, in the in the springtime to run uh, the hare in the desert with the Saluki and uh, the Greyhound uh, with some uh, uh, wolfhounds mixed in, mm-hmm. and uh, just try to talk myself into saying, "Well, I think I could use one of those back home." Yeah, and uh, see the den terriers that. Uh, Eric had and watch them work and mm. just man, I'm just a little dog with a great big giant heart. Oh, yeah. uh, jump off into the den and, and and be face barking at a fox trying to flush it out. Mm. Uh, I learned about two types of the den tears, ones that just tackle and the ones that flush. Mm-hmm. I find that very amazing yeah. to see that uh, dogs and dogs are you know like our oldest um, domesticated animal, um, mm. and they've been around with us forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just amazing what they can do. We went to the um, border collie uh, uh, trials yep, trials we, yesterday. We got a sheepdog trial on the way back from hare hunting yesterday. That was pretty fun. And you told me what you knew about those dogs, which I was amazed because uh, you was doing a uh, a bit a bit whistle. Okay, this whistle means left. This means right. This means circle around. And mm. I was truly amazed that yeah. uh, that you had that in your. Uh, Tool chest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time when I was a kid um, watching the sheepdog trials. There was a farm not far from the house that um, that uh, had a lot of training seminars and put on some very big uh, trials uh, a couple of times a year. And I would always just kind of skulk around there when they were doing stuff and soak it all in. And uh, yeah, got to got to train a little bit and things like that. That was that was good fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to see it. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger here. And it was, it was really interesting yesterday cause we had, we got there and watched a dog have more or less a perfect run. That was, that was a dog that I think came in second place in total. We missed the winning run, but that dog came in second place. And then we immediately saw two runs where both of them ended up being train wrecks, but both of them ended up being train wrecks for completely different reasons. And I, and I don't mean that critically like train wrecks isn't, it shouldn't have happened. It was like, this was a nursery trial. So it was for younger dogs. And you know, the, the things those dogs did made total sense. Um, but it was really interesting because both of them ended in a disqualification, which is not uncommon in the sheepdog trialing world. Uh, but for two very, very different reasons. One, because it was a little bit too, a little bit too, intense predatory with the sheep and then the other one because it was not willing to engage to to the degree that the sheep actually showed any willingness to respect the dog so yeah it was that was that was good fun i was glad we got to catch that and and we've eaten eaten a bunch of norwegian food you got to try the jaeger grita the uh 
the hunter's pot. Oh, that was very good. Which very was, good. Uh, I, th- I thought you was, I thought you were going to like, and you got to eat that, uh, very first night you were here. We got to eat that, um, I guess the first night it was moose burgers. And then we went up to the mountains and you got to eat that, uh, sour cream porridge. Oh yeah. That was, that was great too. That, uh, bear was kind of like, well, you're either going to like it or not like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and then I, I go over there to get a, a, a bowl of it. And somebody wanted me to doctor it up. I think I talked about that a little bit on the last episode, but yep. it was like truly amazing. Good. Yeah. No, we, that, that was good. And then we had the, um, uh, these like hunter pancakes made of bacon and potato pancake with, uh, like caramelized cheese and lingonberry uh, jam at Eric's. Sweet, salty, ooey gooey, and good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> oh man, those were so good. And then we uh, last night we had the, the the Norwegian, the most Norwegian meal we've had so far. I think uh, that's. I think you called it the surf and turf. Yeah, meal. that's right. The Norwegian <laughs> version of surf and turf, which was. Uh, which was the Eurasian J on crackers and the uh, Eurasian woodcock on just by itself. That was really, really good. The J2 was okay. It was not, uh, I'm not going to claim it's my favorite game bird meat, but it was good. Uh, the woodcock was good, real good. And then we had um, moose steaks and whale steaks Yes, for dinner. That, I could check that off my list. That's what I, I was talking to Bear before I came over. Said I would like to try some whale meat. I yep. know that's on y'all's uh, uh, menu over here. Uh, we went down to the local uh, grocery store. There it was in the frozen food mm-hmm. um, aisle, and I got a big chunk of it and took it back and cooked it up last night. If I hadn't known it was whale, I would have thought it was some other kind of game meat. It had just a small, small, little bit different taste to it. But, uh, and he just pan fried it in a uh, skillet with some butter. That way I could taste it 100%. Mm-hmm. It was outstanding. Oh, that's it. It was outstanding. So. <laughs> I'm good because it's, it's funny looking though, isn't it? Like, you, oh, yes. Yeah. You, you pull it out and it's as dark as almost purple. It it's, is bizarre looking, looking yeah. like a bruise type meat yeah. uh, in there. But the texture was like like a filet mignon yeah. uh, texture on it. Uh, cut it up and um, you could sort of take off chunks with your fork. Yes. Like yeah. a couple, couple wiggles with the fork and you got a good chunk off. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, I, Come back, I'll eat it again. Yeah. I will eat it again. Uh, probably like surf, turf, and air. <laughs> surf, turf, and air. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. That's right. No, we, we've had some good meals and some good company. Our, my buddy Simon came out uh, came out bird hunting, bird hunting with us, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> Felt a little bad for Kevin. We was, I was three steps behind him and he was half a step behind Simon when this bird flew up. So Kevin came, you know, Sweden did a good job, you know, showing what it, what it was good for. But, uh, Kevin came all the way to Norway to watch an Australian shoot a blue jay. (laughs) And, you know, it brought back good memories. It it brought back memories of me being with uh, my childhood friends, uh, out, 
with our BB guns, trying to get anything. Everything was always in season when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no closed season. That's right. There's no sacrilegious anything. We would even we would shoot everything mm-hmm. uh, or shoot at it. So uh, sometimes uh, I can remember one day that we got after Blue Jay. Uh, me and Joel Gresham, he's now passed away. He's a good friend of mine. And um, I was thinking maybe uh, Kurt Robinson was with us there, and he just passed away recently. Mm. And um, we got after some Blue Jays, and it took all three of us to bring a Blue Jay down. So <laughs> I kind of, it, it brought me back to my childhood when I started that. Shot down so, in a blaze of glory. So uh, with the BB guns, uh, so. That's no big deal. Like I said, all I want to do is be uh, in the picture on the hunt mm. uh, with good friends and with a gun in my hand, mm. uh, hopefully a dog by my side. That day we we didn't have any. I got to see the uh, elusive Caper Cali from seven to 800 meters away sitting in the top of a tree, mm. which just my brain, my rangefinder uh just couldn't work mm. um bear spotted it with his young 35 year old eyes <laughs> he was seeing a lot of things uh a roe deer uh, in the in the frost their tracks i couldn't see it i mean eventually i could get to uh a distance that i could but uh, he has he has had an eye for the game mm. we were walking back and he says simon he had a pair of binoculars with him and he says, what's, is that, is that a bird in the tree? And they got to looking and confirmed it. And then finally he gave me a landmark and I looked and took the binoculars and I could see this Capricali. And I just immediately thought it was a female. Um, and because the I females was, are like half the size yes, of, the, yes, of the adult males. Yeah. yeah. It's half the size. And I'm just sitting there staring. So we got three. We got an Australian two and two Americans uh, uh, given this caper cali, the stink eye. And, of course, what any animals do when you start staring at them for long periods of time, they feel the heebie-jeebies and it flew off. Then the conversation went to, how far was that? And he says, it's seven, eight hundred meters to that bird. Mm. And um, that was just like unbelievable. I had seen some up close and personal over in Sweden. Um pretty much rock throwing distance yep. coming down the road. They were out, um, uh, filling their crawl with, uh, with, uh, rocks or gizzard. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. On that. And, uh, saw three big males over there. And then one female that I had never even seen a picture of, mm. of, of all the little research that I did on the caper Kelly just automatically goes to the male yep. and they're not the female. So, uh, we ended up seeing three, four over there, there was two that morning. Mm-hmm. Seemed like we seen another one. You saw two more. So yep. So we saw Caper Cali. I saw a, a large fox squirrel type squirrel mm-hmm. in uh, Sweden. Um, the foxes over there. Mm-hmm. I saw some black grouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little songbird. The, the yeah, the, the little uh, chickadee. The, the tala eater. Yep. Fat eater bird. Yep. Um, over here, uh, we saw the mountain hare. Roe deer. Uh, roe deer, moose. Uh, you've seen moose, mm-hmm. both uh, alive and yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bear has spent uh, fifteen years over here. Yep, and has never seen uh, a dead moose out and about. And 
uh, seeing two this week. Yeah, two okay. this week. One, you guys found one on your first day here that we went up and uh, turns out had been hit by a car way down at the bottom of the mountainside. And he was way up at the top of this big valley. Uh, so he'd run, he'd run a good long ways. And then just this morning, uh, a bull that I've had my eye on all year. Like he, I've seen him several times I've thought like, oh, this is, that would be cool. Kind of kept tabs on him to the, to the best that I could, you know, the best of my abilities and was hoping to, you know, potentially get him because he would have been my biggest bull up to this point for sure. And, uh, yeah, found him, I assume hit by a car lying 10 feet from my mailbox this morning, which is just heartbreaking. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, uh, it, it's been exciting. We've seen, you know, we saw the hare uh, running right by us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw one in uh, Sweden yep. in, in the headlights one night and then we they had the hare uh, with the dog behind it, which yep. is the way I like to see critters. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we saw the lynx. That's right. That night yeah, that's lives. right. Yeah, we saw there's been a family of lynxes around this area. And uh, we were just lucky enough to catch one of the kittens in the headlights on the way back uh, from a small game seminar that, that Kevin spoke at uh, here. And yeah, I mean, I, I know people who have lived in this area for 60 years and never seen a lynx. So that was that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, this my second one. I saw one in, in Canada. Um when you're going into to fishing camps. So uh, I like seeing animals, you know, it's more to hunting than just going out there and pursuing the game that uh, you're after. We mm -hmm. saw the magpies, the ravens, golden eagle. Yep. Saw some golden eagles. Uh, That's right. Trying to think we was going to make a list, but I think we've got, um, I think we've got most it of them pretty covered. well covered at this point. So yeah, it's been a, a magical time. Unbelievable. I didn't really know what I was getting into terrain wise. Uh, this valley that Bear lives into, it's just like, hey, no place on earth I know that's it's like this mm. that I've ever been to uh, before. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm lucky. It's a, it's a beautiful place, and I feel really fortunate that you wanted to come out and let me show you around. I was kind of hoping we'd have more game to show for it, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And... Oh. Uh, you know what we lacking we lacked in game on the ground definitely made up for in uh, in, in good times good conversation good camaraderie and yeah it was uh it's been a pleasure real real pleasure to have you here it was much more than i expected uh some things unexpected uh, all the different dogs all the norwegian elk hound mm -hmm. got to go got to go elk hunting yep. i mean not elk hunting uh moose hunting moose working, hunting over norwegian over elk hounds yep that was and cool and then um the uh, the, the hair dog that yeah we had. the halden hound and then the dogs that eric had yep. kind of a custom-made dog that's not afraid of the wolf yep that's right uh, the two different the interiors yep. that were mixed that's right um beagle so, the beagle you had to come all the way to norway to run an american foxhound <laughs> yes yeah and and your uh russian foxhound yep and um your um um the american fox yes yeah yeah yep. your what's what's your dog's name vippy 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 mm -hmm. and uh, got to see the the border collies your sled dogs mm -hmm. your yard guard newfoundland newfoundland yeah, yeah. Uh, dogs so uh 
I'm trying to think. A few dogs on the road, Jack Russell Terrier yesterday, uh, some kind of bird dog that you wasn't really for sure what it was. Yeah, on I, th- I think that was probably a white and a white and red um, Irish setter is, is what I assume that that was because the, the coloring wasn't totally consistent with an English setter, but they do have those white and red ones of the Irish breed over here anyway. Saw a little bit different uh, hunting vehicles, uh, some four-wheel drive vans, diesel Subaru. Uh, Eric had a, a Suzu diesel. Mm-hmm. You've got a Toyota diesel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, like I said, I, I, I'm all into different animals, hunting equipment, the way we hunt. Uh, but when it's all boiled down, we've all got that uh, fire in our eye and that desire in our hunt to follow our hounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. No, it's, it's been fun, Kevin. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you sitting down and doing a podcast with me while you've been here. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope the last few days of your trip is a good one and hope we get you back here at some point. That sounds great. All right. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Man, I love that sound. <laughs>